Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. It's that time of year. Cash the ticket. Jim Costa with Mike Valeni. We shift the focus from football to college hoops, getting us ready for the tournament where we're going to break down all the matchups and have an eye on some future plays too. Search Cash the Ticket on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, changes are going on. Welcome back. It is the Midday Show. Hugh Douglas, Joe Gillio. I guess changes in some ways. Some things remain the same like Angelo on WIP. We appreciate him. He'll be back. Hopping in with us there for a segment. Great stuff. Always fun hanging out and talking to Angela. All right, it is trade deadline day. So what, we have three hours to go before Daryl Morey's got to uh, finish his uh, his performance today. So yes, far, put it together. yeah, let's recap what's happened. 215-592-9494. Let's talk about what's happened so far. Your take on it. Are the Sixers doing enough? Do you want more? And are you okay with kind of uh, this in-between that they're doing? Because they're not going after anything big or happened so far, but they do seem to be trying here. And, of course, uh, we'll reset you up again for Hughes Clues. Elliot, who's with us today, Elliot Shore Parks in the breaking news booth. So if people just hopped in with us, so what have we had so far? Buddy Heald and an opening of a roster spot or yeah, two? So, so, so far, Buddy Heald is is obviously coming to Philadelphia. They traded three second-round picks as well as Marcus Morris and uh, Furkan Korkmaz to get him, and then also traded Daniel House to the Pistons. So as a result, Buddy Heald coming in, three players going out, and so they'll have two roster spots. Still three hours to go until the trade deadline. Um Toby could be moved. It's still a potential possibility. But as of right now, only Buddy Heald added to the team. Hugh, what's your reaction so far? Buddy Heald, and then they open up a roster spot, and there's uh, there's some speculation that Kyle Lowry is going to take one of those spots because he was bought out in, after a trade recently. I'm optimistic on holding the fort. I mean, it doesn't feel like uh, – what was that? Uh, what was that? The Alamo. It doesn't feel like the Alamo. That's what, you, you, what you're thinking. I think that they have enough. They'll, they'll have enough to be competitive. Until Joel Embiid, Joel Embiid comes back. You mean defend the Alamo? Yeah, that's what I was. Trying I haven't to say. heard that. Ter- I haven't heard. Like- <laughs> you looked at me like. Well, what the I hell just. Is he well, I was about? trying to figure out what you meant. I mean, I. <laughs> well, well, you feel it's okay. Yeah, I guess. It doesn't feel. You know, because I when I thought about it, and I know how you think about this, and I'm like, no, oh, this doesn't feel like an Alamo move. You know, when you go get Davy Crockett and all those no, other. No, I think we should work that into the show more. <laughs> I think we need more references to the Alamo. I, I mean, when was the last time you heard an Alamo reference? Well, I mean, hold on. Uh, uh, isn't the whole idea to n- not forget the Alamo? You forgot the. You broke rule you number forgot. one. Just to always remember the Alamo, Joe. I mean, it took place in 1836. Uh, it was a long time ago. Almost 200 years uh, since the Alamo. Remember the Alamo? Look at you doing that quick math. Well, over I mean, Wikipedia's <laughs> in front of me here. All right, 215-592-9494. I don't want the Sixers to go any further. I'll take the Buddy Heel thing. I don't want to trade away any real picks. Elliot, I know when we started the show today, you were looking for more. I assume two hours in, you want more? Yeah, this isn't enough. I mean, Buddy Heald is a nice addition. Kyle Lowry would be a fun story. I do think there would be some positives to bringing him back. 
But this is not enough to change the outcome of the Sixers season so far. They still have a chance to do that. Murray is right there. There was rumors the Pelicans were going to trade for him. Those talks broke down. The Lakers have been rumored to him. Those talks That's broke down. Those, those talks broke down. So with three hours to go, if the Sixers want to change the outcome of the season, and that should be their goal. They mm. should not punt on this season. Joel will be back. Maxi needs help for the rest of the season. The East only has one great team in it. So with three hours to go, they have to go out and make more moves. They haven't traded any of their first-round picks. They haven't traded Tobias Harris. They still have major assets to go out and make a move. Where's the line for everyone? Would you, Elliot? Would you trade from their their first round pick stash? Mm-hmm. Would you would you use a first oh, round pick? Yeah. I, I would I, not. I'm willing to trade multiple first round picks if it's returning the right player. I think Murray is that right player. I think there's other options out there. If you want to look go for a surprise name, Paul George has not re-signed with the Clippers. He's set to be a free agent. But they're half the game the out of the first no, place in the West. It would be a shock. Yeah. I, I don't think it's it's likely. But I mean, that, I, that's a big name. Yeah, right. Jimmy Butler. I mean, there was rumblings last week that maybe you know the Heat would be willing to move him. So I think there's some potential shocking names out there. But if you can go and get Murray as well as Bogdan. Uh, for from the Hawks, someone that also shoots at a high clip, someone that has playoff experience, and add those two to the roster with Buddy Heald. I mean, then when Embiid comes back, you're talking about a team that can really compete for the Eastern Conference. So, yeah, I'm absolutely dipping into those first-round picks if I have the chance to add Murray. Yeah, I would wait. I would hold him till the offseason. I don't think Maxie's ready to be a two on the championship team. I don't know what I'm getting out of Embiid. And this team very likely could be in the play-in. 215-592-9494. Of course, along with all this, we have Hughes Clues. A couple um Clues out there ready, Hughes. So a sci-fi movie that you enjoyed the remake more? Yes. And this thing uh, set VHS records in yes. its day. So you want a third clue? Go ahead. Give a third clue. This movie was made, well, was set in Detroit. The backdrop was Detroit. Ooh, all right. Sci-fi, VHS records, the backdrop in Detroit. That's got to narrow it down because I'm not sure how many movies were set in Detroit. Uh, it doesn't I'm seem not like a desirable location yeah chicago new york or la right yeah. miami i yeah. mean what is what's detroit got going for it um the lions now i yeah, guess i mean doesn't doesn't elliot refuse to go to detroit when when the eagles play are there? you out on detroit no i've been to detroit oh. there was one time i believe i missed the game oh. that's, well, what Kyle, that, that's where that came from okay yeah, yeah, yeah. you're gonna have these rumors you do it once exactly, you're locked in yes. for life yeah. man. Yeah. Uh, all right let's go to the lines here 215-592-9494 mike in north philly what's up mike Hey, how's it going tonight? Good, Mike. Back. What's up? What are you feeling? Uh, listen, I want to be talking about Asante Samuel. But mm-hmm. first, much respect and love to you, Hugh. You're an Eagles legend. But it's really, it's, to me, it's kind of embarrassing for Asante Samuel, who's had such a great career, so accomplished, to go out and not have the wherewithal to realize how bad that defense played in that championship game and to try to blame it on Donovan McNabb when Larry Fitzgerald went for three touchdowns, 150-some yards, Kurt Warner's throwing 75%. Just not to be able to realize that and just, I guess, go out and say these things for clicks and impressions because people don't like Donovan McNabb and you're going to have guys like Cataldi who just want to dump on McNabb and not recognize his greatness for what it was. Listen, he had his shortcomings. Don't get me wrong on that. But to blame that Cardinals game on McNabb's feet when he went down and got that lead at the end of the game, did he not? He did, but he also, if I my memory serves, threw an interception and had a fumble loss. He turned the ball he, over twice. Did he miss Hank Basket too? Yeah. For what should have been a touchdown? Listen, and uh, once again, I'm not trying to say he's not the greatest quarterback of all time. He had his shortcomings. Every guy's going to miss a play or two here during the game. But when you look at that, right, to try to blame that whole game on him and not have the wherewithal to say, hey, Kurt Warner went 21-28 on us and threw for four touchdowns. We couldn't stop a running nose. 
32 points in the playoffs back then was a lot of points to give up. So I think just to go on there and say that, it's just, it, it sullies his legacy for me a little bit for a guy that I had a lot of respect for and who was such an accomplished player. You know, for him to not have that perspective and just dump on McNabb like that, you know, as a former teammate, I, I don't know, that just didn't sit with me the right way. And I really haven't seen people saying that online. So, Hugh, what do you yeah. make of, uh, like, specifically the, that game, right, and that, that situation where the defense gave up a lot, but Donovan gets the blame for it? See, I, I, didn't, I didn't watch that game. I, I took more of what, what Asante was saying. And to Mike's point, like, the thing that I, I tried to do, because, Mike, I'm not going to lie. I, I felt the same way that you felt when I read it. But the one thing that I'm going to always try to do, especially when it comes to former players, I don't care how great you were or how bad you were. I'm going to try to give you grace, and I'm going to try to answer the question in a way where I'm not attacking you personally. And that's the reason why I chose the route that I did. But to your point, yeah, I know Asante Samuels does his podcast, and he's trying to get clicks, and I also know that he, he wants to be a Hall of Fame player. So you, you have, we're in a space now. Where the reality of the situation is we all say things that we that we want to to incite people to 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 communicate about. So to your point, yeah, there's some truth to that. But when it comes to the fact that, you know, when you talk about being a leader in the locker room and things of that nature, uh, I think it was on Asante's job was to help Donovan become a better quarterback instead of running upstairs, in my opinion, to Andy Reid and telling on everybody that that's where I will go with that. Mike, give us a guess here for Hughes Clues. Uh, with the Detroit, uh, I think, is it RoboCop? Got it. 100%. Got it. Let's go. Detroit, hey, congratulations. Knew Detroit yeah, felt like Detroit. the one. Yeah, Detroit that felt like the one. Mike, congratulations. We'll get you on hold and get you uh, set up for the prize. You just won a Hand and Stone Massage and Facial Spa gift card. Good for a 50-minute massage or facial. A gift card to relax at Hand and Stone Massage and Facial Spa makes the perfect Valentine's Day gift for anyone. All right, look, we haven't had a real chance to react to the uh, Asante thing. We played it for Angela just to get Angela's reaction because we knew we'd had fun with that. So our last caller is not wrong. The defense gave up a lot of points in that game. But the truth is, Donovan was outplayed by a lot of quarterbacks in the biggest game, right? Yeah. He was outplayed by Warner in 08. He was outplayed by Brady in the Super Bowl. He was outplayed by Del Holm in the title game. He was outplayed by Brad Johnson in the title game. He was outplayed by... Warner yeah, that one, in the that, title That game. Brad Johnson one. Not the Brad Johnson one, but the, the home, home one. Yeah, yeah that home, one hurt. Yeah. He was outplayed by those guys. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 Elliot, it's always interesting because the defense never does get any blame. And in the Arizona one, they probably should get a lot of the blame. They mm-hmm. get a lot, a lot of points. But the truth is Donovan didn't play his best in the biggest games of his career. So I agree with that. But he still is the best uh, quarterback in the history of the franchise. I mean, I think this past Eagles season should really put into perspective what Donovan did. The Eagles went to the Super Bowl, they lost, right? And obviously Donovan did that, and he had a bad year after that. But to go to four straight championship games, I mean, look how it's not much, easy to do. Not man. easy to do, and I think we take it for granted sometimes because this Eagles team in this last you know five six years or even seven years, they've been to the playoffs six out of seven years. They've been to a Super Bowl. They've won a Super Bowl. It's been a, a great stretch. That stretch of going to four straight championship games, they haven't accomplished that. So I think while McNabb certainly did get outplayed in those games, and there were other things as well. But to accomplish that, I think, is, is very underrated. We view that as almost kind of a, a stain on his reputation mm. that he lost those championship games. I think it's actually a tremendous accomplishment to, to do that year after year after year. Does the Reed success without him change the Donovan story a little bit? Or no, for you? Like, like when it was here, it was, it was almost chicken way? or the egg. Like, whose yeah. fault was it that they couldn't get over the top? 
as time has gone on, Reed's got a better quarterback and he wins. Yeah, I, I think it's always it's always the quarterback. Much like when talking about this past Eagles season, I thought that the issue was Jalen Hurts. I didn't think the issue was the coaching. Now, neither was good enough. Both had to be better. But I thought Jalen was a bigger issue than the coaching. If you look in Kansas City, I think Reed deserves a ton of credit. He hired Spagnola, who's a huge part of what they do. But Mahomes is why that team's is special. Is why that team is special. Much like Tom Brady is why the Patriots were special. Now Bill Belichick is out of a job. So if you look at uh, Andy Reid's time here in Philadelphia, ton of credit for what he did. Uh, he was, did a pretty good job hiring staff. Obviously, accomplished a ton. But McNabb too. I mean, McNabb deserves a lot of credit for what happened. Hugh, when you were here with Donovan, obviously that 08 team you were not part of. You were you were done in the NFL at that point. But that when you were here, was Donovan like what was it like in practice with Donovan? Did, was he a guy that was particular with his work ethic, or did it seem like not nah, not really? You know, to be honest, Joe, that that wasn't a side of the ball that I watched okay. because I was kind of focusing on the defense. There were some quirks and mannerism that Donovan had that that probably rubbed people the wrong way. But like I said, if Asante Samuels came in with the cachet that he had after winning the Super Bowl, and that's how he felt, I feel like if he would have said that to Donovan, that was that's a course correct. That's easy. The one thing that you can't be especially on the team of your teammates, of your peers, you can't be thin-skinned because there are going to be days where folks tell you about yourself that you might not want to hear, but you got to hear it, especially if it's for the greater good. And if you feel – I feel like this. If Asante felt that strong about it, then damn it, he should have did something about it instead of running upstairs. Like I said, instead of running upstairs and, and telling on Donovan or going to Coach Reed, that's my opinion about that. In your time as a player, did you find players policing each other was more impactful than coaching? Yes. Yeah. And, 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 so that's what Andy was trying to say to him. Yes. Yeah. Because, like, and I tell this story, and it's 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 basically policing. When when Jeremiah Trotter, <clears throat> and I always tell it in a joking matter, but when he was like, "Man, play the run better," like you're you're hurting the defense. Mm-hmm. Basically, he said it in the nicest way he could, like, "Hey, man, you know, if you do this, then I can help you out with this." And I was like, "No, nah, bump that." But when I realized that I was breaking down the integrity of the defense and I was hurting the defense more than I was helping it, then I was more susceptible to listen because at the end of the day on Sunday, we're all on the same page. We're all trying to get to the same goal. You know, after Sunday's over, after the game's over, then you go, you be with your family, whatever. But come Sunday, I need you to be locked in. And that's basically what he was saying. That's why when I heard Asante tell the story, I was just like, wow. But again, he has a podcast and, 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 and I always believe that when we start doing this, anybody who's ever played professional sports, when, when you start to do the job that we're doing now and decide to be in the media, you have to pick a lane. You have to pick the lane whether or not you want to be hot taking and tell all the business or you want to be somebody that kind of plays it down the middle mm-hmm. a little bit and be fair and balanced. He, wants, he picked his lane. He wants to be the hot takey guy. This is the first time that I've heard Asante Samuel say something that has been polarizing. It's not the first time. So yeah, and the other thing is, it's I think it's fair to question Donovan in those big games. But of all the championship games, that was the one he played the best in. He did put up a lot of points. They they had four hundred something yards in that game. It wasn't like he stunk the whole game. Well, so while we're in the business of holding people accountable, does Asante Samuel not remember the year before when he had a chance to basically seal the Patriots' undefeated season in the Super Bowl in that same stadium? Eli Manning he, yeah. served him up a meatball, and he just couldn't couldn't keep his feet in bounds. See, I mean, to, listen, to, bud, to me, you got to make your plays. To me, the Asante story is less about the Arizona thing and more about 
he, him saying McNabb was not held accountable in practice. Yep. I think he used Arizona as an example, but what he was saying was coming from New England, going to a practice where McNabb was missing throws in practice and nobody was holding him accountable. And my thought off that is, and I'm curious for, for Hugh's perspective on this, like if you look at the last two franchise quarterbacks the Eagles have had, Carson Wentz, Jalen Hurts. With Carson on his way out, and you know the the last year he was here, the story was he was not coachable. Like like he he didn't take criticism well, and he had the way he wanted to do it. And I think you've started to hear those things leak out about Jalen this year. I'm curious because what Asante to me was saying was like McNabb wasn't uh, corrected in practice. Do you think it's different with a quarterback? Like like for Carson it's, and Jalen, it, it seems ha- no one criticized them. How is it with to, McNabb? You have to be able to to receive criticism. Again, I can't answer that question because I don't know. The dynamic between Coach Reed mm-hmm. and and Donovan at but that time. But do you time, think quarterbacks are treated differently? They are definitely treated differently. Should they? There's be? no they they should be because they're they're kind of sensitive. I will say this: the only quarterback that I hear of that's probably not coddled or has not been coddled was Tom Brady. I don't know the relationship that that Andy has with Patrick Mahomes, mm-hmm. but I think it's it's in a better space where if Andy had to correct him, and he probably had to learn this. If he had to correct him, he had to learn a way to do it. Because to me, quarterbacks are like pitchers, man. And and you, we've all seen pitchers on the mound melt down and look at the ball and shake off pitches and yep. everything because they're not comfortable. So it's the same thing with a quarterback. You have to do things to get quarterbacks comfortable. Prime example is this. When you look back at that AFC championship game, you saw screen passes to the left at the beginning of the game. You saw screen pass to the left, screen pass to the right, screen pass to the left. Then they started to go downfield. The Chiefs. Yes. I think Mahomes started 11 of 11. They got him in a yes. rhythm. You, you got to get in a rhythm, man. And the one thing that I believe that you have to do with a quarterback, I don't care who it is. If you're going to be a throwing team, then you have to make him comfortable with small throws, intermediate throws, you know, stuff to get him in a rhythm so then you can go downfield. We never did that with the quarterback. And I don't know, you know, I know I got off on the tangent or whatever, but that that's when I feel like, you know, the relationship between the quarterback and the coach, it has to be one of comfort. And I don't think that we had that here when it comes with Jalen and the, and the def- offensive coordinator. It is amazing to me that all these years later, we're still looking for the answers of what happened, like the Reed McNabb era. I mean, we are. I mean, like that, it comes up all the time. And I think because Andy's winning so much now, it comes back up. But you know what, Asante, it, it was a good point by the caller. His defense, they get torched. Yeah. It, like, if the Eagles had lost that game, you know, 17-14, I think he's got more of a leg to stand on than, yeah, Donovan missed this guy and that guy. Well, Asante, I bet you missed something because the, the Cardinals had 30 points on the board. I think that's a fair point by the caller. I, I just don't think that's the takeaway. Like, I agree, the defense played poorly in that game. But to me, this was about how McNabb was coached during his time here on a whole. And that's why, like... The but ta- but I, what I mean is the accountability. He's, tra- he's like, they didn't keep Donovan accountable. Well, your defense stunk in that yeah, particular game. Like, he, he used that example, right? Like, it wasn't just yeah, us that brought fair. it up. That's fair. Let's go to, uh, we got Mr. Surehands. Is that who we got here? Mr. Surehands in West Oak Lane. What's up, Mr. Surehands? What's up, my brother? Good afternoon to you. What's up? What are you thinking today? Hey, man, so first and foremost, Donovan played, outplayed Brady in that Super Bowl. No. We got to remember, it's, a, it's nothing but asterisks on that side of New England. He didn't outplay him in the game. Every, everything was questionable. They knew they knew where he played we was doing, didn't they? Right, but okay, but that's a reason yep. why they may he may have played better in your mind. But There's Donovan, did, Donovan, didn't, play, but Donovan didn't play well enough in that game. 
Five to one. That goes back to what you saying about the uh, making your quarterback comfortable. How can your quarterback comfortable when the defense coming at him the whole game because they already know what you're running? Well, I look. I don't. That makes it sure. Yeah, that. Sure. Let's move on. I called about was the Sixers love. And you don't do me like you did the bull either. What what I'm what I do, man? What did I what I do? We all heard, we all heard you giving it giving it to him under your breath, <laughs> trying to be polite, man. Don't not, do me like okay, that. Okay, fine. I'll Mister. I be quiet. I the floor is yours. <laughs> hey, um. So everybody said I was crazy when when uh that Ben Crumbum Ben Simmons draft was coming up because I wanted Buddy Hill in the first place. Well, today's so your loving, day. Today's your I'm day. Lo- He's I'm here. This street. A couple years late, but it's finally here. But that's that's 16 points, five rebounds, three assists. He's a two-way player. He's a sniper. You know what I'm saying? And he, he going to add value to the team. But we got three hours to see what else we're doing. I think it's going to be a total revamp. So what do you you want something else big here? You you're not you're not done. You want would you no, tr- I, so so most of the Sixers roster obviously is just regular guys as athletic that can play ball, know how to play. You can get them off the waiver wires a dime a dozen. So go ahead and go ahead and take any move and any trade that you could get a better player, somebody that could help Maxi and B and now Buddy Hill. Mm. To, Tobias is for sale for me. Finally, I I love Tobias' game. I think he's talented. I just don't know what's holding him back. Well, to, well to, I don't to think that, he's that to that, point, to that point, I do think the Buddy trade is a good is a good trade, but it only really impacts the team in a positive major way if you make another move. Like Buddy, you helps. gotta get a big guy. Yeah, like Buddy helps, yeah. but you have to go get more to really get the full impact of adding Buddy. In my opinion, and and I agree with you. I I, w- I would have loved to trade more if we didn't give up one of those second round picks, but two second round picks. Mark Marcus might get waived, and he's gonna come right back home. Well, that's he could he certainly could get waived by Indiana. Uh, I gotta ask, why are you nicknamed Mister Surehands? That's that's the name of my company. It's after oh. my children, Stady, Hakeem, and Cameron. So I named the company after with a initial. Well, that's awesome, and we appreciate the phone call there. All right, cool beans. How about that? He's see, and I didn't even see. I didn't even mumble under my breath. See, I thought he was like a wide receiver or something. Back yeah, that's day. what I thought. That's a good wide receiver name, like Mister Surehands. Yeah, we, we did. Who, who would be? I mean, not Quiz, not Quiz The first person I thought Devante. about when I heard that is Freddie Mitchell. Like he might what? not have sure hands, but the, the fact that he thank he talked about his hands. Yeah, he, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Oh, he he thank his hands. Yeah, he would. Yeah, Big Fred would nickname. He would nickname himself that. That's probably Devontae. Yeah, you got to be. You have to certain kind of. Confidence to nickname yourself Mr. Surehands as a wide Freddie receiver. Freddie sure did, man. Quite, you know what? Quest might be the guy to do it, Mr. Surehands. Honestly, though, you can't get much better than Fred X. No, that, that was good. That was really good. Yeah, and he had his moment. And he delivered. He did once. All right, 215 592. <laughs> he did once. He did. I mean, once. No, it's just the way you said it, though. One time. He had it one was kind of dismissive. A little dismissive. Uh, am I missing a lot from the career? Or no, it... I'm just saying. I'm just uh, I'm just pointing out that it was dismissive. You forgot about the Alamo and 4th and 26 today, Joe. I didn't forget Joe. about the Alamo. I just was, Never look, forget the Alamo, I Joe. was caught off a little off guard that we're using Alamo references. <laughs> I just, I, what, honestly. It. You know, I try to be, we try to be clever on this show at times. We man. try to be current with things that happened in 1836. When was the last time someone brought up the Alamo in normal conversation? <laughs> Me? No, besides you. 
<laughs> you know what? I'm gonna bring it up again today at some point. You just drop it in there, like you know, I was doing this, and the, then I remember the Alamo. Don't forget, as long as we all remember, <laughs> everyone. Don't you don't go anywhere if you forget the Alamo. All right, two one five five nine two ninety four. Back to all your phone calls here. We'll continue to update you all day and what the six are doing. Trade deadline at three p.m. Do not go anywhere. But we promised we'd get to a big anniversary in Philadelphia sports today. And how far we think are we are away from maybe getting back to another one just like it? That's next. Your phone calls, 215-592-9490 for Midday Show, Sports Radio 94 WIP. ESPN Bet is not live in Pennsylvania. As an official sports book of ESPN, ESPN Bet is the only place to find daily exclusives and offers with your favorite ESPN personalities and shows. Sign up today and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports bet. Find all your favorite markets and bets like in-game wagering, Cross-sport parlays, teasers, and all the props you can handle. That's ESPN Bet. Download today. Oh, what a play. Must be 21 plus. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of colors starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. Randy Graham was drafted too high. Vinny Curry ain't got it. Oh, well, I can't fit the scheme. Michael Cummings can't fit the scheme. Nigel Bradford can't catch. Jalen Mills can't cover. Patrick Robinson can't cover. It's the whole team. It's the whole team. Yeah, I wish we could turn back time. Six years ago today, the J.C. Kelsey Super Bowl parade speech. Welcome back. Midday show, Hugh Douglas, Joe Giglio, Elliot Shore Parks in the breaking news booth as we uh, wait countdown until Sixers trade deadline. It's for the whole NBA, but obviously here we're concentrating the Sixers. We've gotten Buddy Heal, but... You know, I was uh, re-watching some of the parade speech earlier today, and we, we played it a couple weeks ago uh, when we thought, and you know, the news came out that Jason Kelsey was going to retire. He still might, but we'll see. But there's just a clip of it. He was six years ago today, the Eagles and Jason Kelsey have their parade, the speech. Really, I, I think it's the greatest speech, like parade kind of speech, in sports history. It, it's still resident. I could listen to it any day. No, I mean, it's just some of the things that he said when he was talking about Lane and everybody else, man. It just, Can't lay off the was, juice? It was the funniest thing <laughs> that I've ever heard, man. Uh, yeah, that that was a that was a great speech. That was a great time, man. I remember me and he, we rolled up from Atlanta. Like, he did not like to take road trips, but he rode, he took that road trip with me. We rolled up, and that was a great day, man, to see all the Eagles fans yeah. in the, in the, at the thing. So, yeah, that was a great day. It was an amazing day, and now we sit here, you know, a couple of days from the Super Bowl, and and I am wondering in my head how close we are to another one of those parades. You like when when I when you think about a parade, a championship, and I know we've talked about this offseason about what the Eagles have to do, and we'll get more into it over the next month or two with the draft and free agency. But do you think this team is closer to another one of those moments or having to reset and rebuild this thing? I think they are. It's a, cl- I, a parade. Closer yeah, to a parade? Yeah, I, I think they are. I think they're closer to parade. And and I know that there's a lot of intangibles that go into actually making that happen, Joe. But I, I like the talent that we have. We just got to figure out 
and I'm still stuck on this. I know this is not part of it, but we got to figure out where we got disconnected and make that connection again. And and I think that we could be right back there. You look at this offense, and this this league is all about offenses and 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 having firepower. We got the firepower. We got the quarterback. We just need to figure out how to get him back connected with his teammates and get this thing going again. Yeah, and that well, that's the biggest part of this whole thing. And, and I look, I want there to be a parade next year, Hugh. I, I know we already started talking about maybe Louisiana because we lost our trip to the Super Bowl this year. Yeah, it'd be nice in Louisiana. Man. Well, did you see the sphere by the way yesterday? They were putting did, a, buddy. Did you see buddy that climbed? The sphere? Well, there, there was someone trying to climb it. That could have been us. Yeah, but they also had climbing. they yeah. also had the Super Bowl rings going on that. That thing. was awesome. So we missed it on our chance to go to Las Vegas. Maybe next year with Louisiana and, and um, you know down there for in New Orleans for the Super Bowl, but. When I look at the Eagles right now, and maybe I'll have a different feel on this in six weeks or eight weeks or 12 weeks after the NFL draft of free agency, I think this thing is closer to a reset or a rebuild than it's going to be to another parade. I I only look at I'm, – I'm counting them again right now. I know we had a conversation similar to this a few weeks ago. I mean, how many players are on this team do you feel really good about moving forward? I mean, like for the long term, not just for next year. Hertz, Brown, Smith – Mylotta Dickerson, I'll put those two in. I mean, yeah. I, I I think Lane, you know, we're on the back end now with Lane Johnson. I'm not going to include him in the long-term future. So that's about four or five offensive players. I'll put, you know, Jalen Carter on defense. I guess Hassan Reddick, but he's only signed for one more year. I don't see a lot of big-picture building blocks here. I, I think this thing is closer to a reset or a rebuild, Elliot, than it's a parade. Elliot, it's been six years since the Kelsey Parade, which was an amazing day here in the city. Do you think this thing is closer to another one of those or having a reset here? You know, I really think it just comes down to how you feel about Jalen Hurts because the the backbone of the franchise, I still think, is strong. Jeffrey Lurie has shown that as the owner of the team, they're always competitive. Howie is arguably the best GM in the league. He's certainly top five, if not the best. And I do, you know, Nick Sirianni, I know right now he's not a popular guy in Philly, but he's been in the playoffs every year. He's won double-digit games uh, you know, the last two years. So they will be competing for a Super Bowl next year. The real question is, can Jalen be the guy that gets them from being a competitive team to into the Super Bowl? And, you know, all the talk about the defense, the defense wasn't really the issue in the playoffs. The defense didn't play great, but the offense was the one that cost them that game. They'll go, they'll add players on defense. I think the coordinator situation will be much better this year, which will make the defense just alone uh, way better. So it comes down to Jalen. So if you think they're closer to a rebuild, what that really is saying is you don't think they have the franchise quarterback. And I don't think we have enough of an answer on that yet for me to say anything other than they're closer to a parade. So I, I think they need to put more help around the quarterback because I don't think he's good. I don't good know at, about that. You don't think they need to put more help around Jalen? Around Jalen? Yeah. He has you mean arguably, as far as the coaching staff help? Well, yeah. he has arguably the best receiver <laughs> doing sure. in, the, in the NFL. He has a top whatever tight end, top five, six. His offensive line wasn't great last year, but it's still one of the better offensive lines in the NFL. He has a running game that is effective. I know at times it struggled mm-hmm. last year, but he has a Pro Bowl running back behind him. I mean, you could argue there's not a quarterback in the NFL that has more help around him. But the other side of the ball, he may down the stretch, they may have had the worst defense in the entire NFL. Last eight it weeks. cost him one game. The Cardinals game, probably. Right? That Seahawks game, the offense scored 13 points. The defense only gave up, if I remember correctly, 19, right? And that was obviously the touchdown in the final few minutes. I could also say it cost them the Niner game. I mean, the Niners scored every possession. I I would agree. But but the offense was terrible in that game, too. It wasn't good enough. The offense could have been up 14 to nothing. I agree with that. The defense came out and shut the Niners down. I know it was only one quarter. But if you go up 14 nothing, that's a much different game than 6 nothing. So you said something there that they had, like, if if Jalen's good, they have what they need. But I'm also seeing something. It's why I think they got to reset this roster. 
the, the, if there if there's one common link between the parade team and the team that went to the Super Bowl last year, it's not Jalen. I mean, Jalen played really well, but it's it's those four guys that are about to be out of here: Jason Kelsey, Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox, Lane Johnson. The, I, do you feel guys feel confident they're going to be able to replace those guys? I mean, right now they have may I guess Cam Jurgens is going to play center, right? Moving forward, well, that, that's a concern. That, I agree. That yeah. is that's a that's a big thing for me. Even if Jalen bounces back, Hugh, those leaders they've been here for so long. And my guess is next year, how many are going to be here? Lane will be here next year. Yeah. Maybe that's it. I mean, Leadership has to step up. I think up. Brandon Graham will be back. Pro- probably Brandon. Well, he, he wants to stay. I know he does. And, and this is no slight to my guy, Brandon or Fletcher Cox, but we, we're talking about trying to rebuild for the future. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, that probably means moving on from the past. And and we you know you're talking about paying what ten million dollars fourteen million dollars for who Fletcher for Fletcher for, for, for Fletcher's Fletch. going to want ten again I, yeah, I guess something they, in that yeah, range to that and and we don't know we have a lot of holes to fill at key positions in the secondary on on defense I don't know if it's going to be a smart move to to make to keep the older players like that. I don't. So, I don't would, think we're going to be able to save everybody. Yeah. So with Brandon, I think he would be more a locker room veteran guy than someone that's going to come in and get ten million dollars. My guess is Brandon, if he's back, and I think he will be, will be close to some version of the minimum or veteran minimum. You know, a few million dollars, and he plays limited snaps. That that would be my guess for Brandon next year. In terms of Fletcher, I think Fletcher is probably gone. I mean, he cleaned his locker out completely on locker clean out day. Jordan Davis talked about how the young guys know they have to step up with Fletcher leaving, like essentially just almost saying Fletcher's going to be gone. And he is going to be hard to replace. I mean, he was probably their best defensive tackle last year. Mm-hmm. Jalen Carter for stretches certainly was better, and I, I think he has more upside at this point. Um, but, yeah, Fletcher I, I is going to be tough to replace. But the end of the day, it, it really just is about the quarterback and the offense. Like It just is. Like The defense has to be better for sure, but they have good pass rushers in Hassan Reddick and Josh Sweat. Darius Slay will be back. I mean, everyone loves to talk about Patrick Sertain. Slay was, you know, almost as good as Sertain was last year if you look at the numbers. So they have to add players on defense. But the reason this team struggled last year and the reason they didn't get where they wanted to be is the turnovers on offense. If Jalen takes care of the ball better than he did last year, they will be right back to competing for that number one seed. They will be better, certainly. But they got I, I think they need six or seven defenders. 215-592-9494. All right, it's the anniversary of the Eagles parade here. Six years ago, Kelsey had a speech. Are they closer to another parade or a rebuild? I've been wondering this since the end of the season. Like The Eagles go in cycles. The Howie Eagles go in cycles. And I have been struggling to figure out what psych part of the cycle we're in. It goes up, and then it crashes down, and then it comes right back up. Like, how he's great at fixing it. But are we in, like, the tweaking mode here, Kyle? Or do you think we're closer to, like, he's going to have to reset this thing hard at some point? Yeah, well, I think one thing that we're missing is that how he doesn't do that. How he tries to go into every year thinking that he can compete and even rebuild, really, after the 4-11-1 and 11 and 1 season. Well, he fixes it fast. Sure, right. Yeah. Like, Howie's a, is a quick fixer, and I don't really think this thing is, like, that far from being fixed. I know the defense... Like you said, the cupboard isn't bare. Yeah, it's not. Well, the cupboard's not bare. Howie was right about that. And I, I think the defense, while it was really bad, uh, toward the end of the season especially... I don't think they're, like Joe said, they need six, seven guys. I don't think that's the case. I think you get one or two that are good or the right guys. You mean on defense? That, yeah. Like oh, hell no. Why? Six well, or seven? Yeah, you need, no. You need at least. Why do you, no. Why do you need okay. six or seven? When you, if need you need get a safety. One, 
Well, you uh, need two of those. But do you really like? Do you need to nail those if you get a, another star pass rush on the other side of Hassan Reddick? Yes. Like, no, because if you just nail one of those, then the rest almost sort of falls into place. It's the you formula need, the need Eagles have. What? Why? I mean, the Eagles have gotten. The Eagles <laughs> went to two Super Bowls without heavily investing in the linebacker but position. They, like, but they had good players there. Uh, the, the, well, well, so that's what I mean. If you, you have good players old. surrounding them, then you can make up for some of the deficiencies. I don't think the Eagles are six, seven players on defense away from being good and competitive again. They have a better coach. If they get another guy that can rush the passer, like even if look Hassan Reddick and Josh Sweat had down ears. If you count on those guys having you know bouncing back. Then your pass rush is already better than it was last season, as is. So to, if, to Kyle's point, uh, I, so I think they will have six or seven new starters, whether they need them or not. You just look. I mean, Fletcher's probably gone. Uh, Jalen Carter will be a full time starter mm-hmm. this year. Jordan Davis will be. They'll probably have two new linebackers, at least one new safety, maybe another outside corner. But Kyle is right that I think the biggest acquisition they made that that limits the need for like playmakers at all those spots. Is Vic Fangio. Yeah, sure. Just like the floor of this defense was raised so much. And for all of the issues that we think they had with personnel last year, they were a top 10 defense until they made the disastrous decision to switch to Matt Patricia. Like, like they, they had bad games against San Francisco and Dallas for sure. So in some ways, I mean, they were bottom they, they five won, in pass. They, to, they were bottom five in pass defense for most of the year. Well, they were also thrown on more than any team in the NFL yeah. because they were stopping the run so much. Sure. So that so that was part of it. But they won the Kansas City game. They were really good uh, against Dallas. Like the the I'm sorry, not Dallas. Uh, well, the first time they were, and then the Dolphins, right? So they had good games from a defensive perspective. I just think we're underestimating how much the change to a competent, like veteran coordinator is going to make all the players. I, better. I understand. I, and two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. Are the Eagles closer to another Super Bowl parade or a rebuild here? I think we're underestimating how many players they have we can count on. The number is tiny. We, we want to pretend it doesn't matter, and the quarterback's a big part of it. I've got eight guys. Like, they've had four building blocks for a decade that we just closed our eyes every year and said we got four players we know about. But They're like all about to be gone. That's an overreaction to how the season ended, though. I that, agree that, that you can't yeah. count on everybody all of a sudden. Like, no, this team was 10-1 at one point. And, sure. look, if you just got James Bradbury off the field – that's almost addition by subtraction in and of itself without oh, adding three other players. I, of course it is. I, they just have a lot of uncertainty on the roster. For a decade, they had certainty at four mm. key spots. Those mm. guys are all about to be out of here. Lane's got the longest runway with two, I don't know, two or three more high-level years. But we could lose. they could lose Kelsey, Fletcher, and Brandon in this offseason. I think yeah, that's the, huge. The Kelsey thing will matter because if you lose Kelsey, you're rebuilding the interior of the offensive yeah. line, and that, that is a big deal. I agree with you, and I think Cam Jurgens was not that good at right guard last year. So even if he's at center or right guard, he's a question. But all these other questions you have get answered if Jalen just goes from being the 11th best quarterback in the league last year, wherever you want to put him, to back to being a top five guy. Y- like, yes and offense, no. Justin Herbert's, been a great, de- Justin Herbert's been a great player. He can't get out of the first round because they have crap around him. Like you need well, more He than, deserves blame for that sure, as well. But they need more than just Jalen. So obviously all, all parts of the team have to play well, but I think we underestimate how much Jalen's turnovers and the poor play on offense also impacted the yeah. defense. Like uses the use the playoff game is the perfect example. The defense was terrible to start. I think they gave up 14 points in oh, the first yeah. quarter, right? Mm-hmm. But then they they held Tampa Bay pretty much in check for two quarters. Like the Eagles had that at a one possession game for a long time. But then Jalen had the safety and everything falls apart. So I think just getting better play by Jalen at the uh, at the quarterback position is going to make that defense better as well. I well that that it would. 215-592-9494. It's how you hop in. Are the Eagles closer to another one of those parades? Like we got six years ago today, 
or having to reset, rebuild this thing. I think it's closer to reset, rebuild right now based on what I'm seeing on this roster. All right, big game coverage, 94 WIP presented by Solo Stove. Feel the heat of the world's most popular smokeless fire pit, solostove.com. We also have all the trade deadline stuff. Elliot on the news desk. Any news we get, we pass along. Buddy Heald is the big Sixers move so far today. Terrence in Springfield is up. Hey, Terrence. You, Joe, Kyle, what's up, man? What's up, Terrence? ESP, what's up, bro? Up, how you doing, man? I'm good. I'm doing good, man. And as far as the Buddy Hill trade, he's okay. I feel like he's not no major piece. Because to me, Buddy Hill, he's a great shooter and all that. But there's times where this guy goes cold. And I have a statue in front of me. I've been watching him all year because I've been doing my my parlays, and this guy's been costing me. He had 12, 3, 17, 3. 12, 3, 2, 11, and 3. That's not consistent shooting to me. So, and we gave up, what, uh, three second-round picks uh, for Mott, and we gave him more away, right? Yes. Yep. I feel like that's a lot to give away for this guy. Especially for a rental. Like, yeah, you know, he and, only and have him like for the second okay. half of the season. Yeah. He, he, he's okay. And Kyle Lowry, to me, he's, he's equal to hitting Shaq Leonard. This guy's cooked at this point. Mm-hmm. I don't want to hear about no Kyle Lowry. This guy's washed up. He hasn't been doing nothing for Miami lately. And to me, I feel like we need to, we need to do a lot more because Joel Embiid, who's to say this guy is going to be at 100% when he comes back? He still has to get back in game shape. Yeah, Terrence, I think it's unlikely we see the best of Embiid yeah. when he comes back. Well, and, and Terrence, we're, we're to, your point, run. Yeah, to your point about Buddy and the inconsistency, I think that's a similar issue Maxi has. Like, if you look at the last yeah, exactly. four games, he had 51 points against the Jazz because I think he started six from I six agree. from three. Like, when Maxi's three is going, yeah, he can absolutely light it up. But the problem yep. they currently have, even with Buddy, is that when Embiid is out, they have nobody that can consistently create their own offense. Like exactly. Maxi can get hot and he can go on, you know, streaks where he's making a bunch of threes, but you can't throw it to him possession after possession and expect him to create. And you can't do that with Buddy as well, or either. Absolutely, and I agree with Joe on this. I feel like Maxi, he's an up and coming rising star, but this guy is not a he's not a person that can carry a team. Like he goes cold at times. Last night these guys got slaughtered by Golden State. And there's times where this guy's going, he's going 0 for 10 from the field. We can't have that from Maxie if he's going to plan on lead other teams that can have guys sit out and the other stars can carry the team to wins. Maxie hasn't shown me that yet. He, to me, he still has to grow. Because you could be an all-star, but there's guys in the league that have, they have three all-star appearances. But that doesn't mean that they're a counterstone piece. Of course. I mean, Terrence, piece. Andre Iguodala, I, I go to that. I mean, I, I, I think yeah. Andre, I loved him. And I thought he found the perfect role in Golden State. And, and you know, he did a lot of great things. But we, we, yeah. we saw it here in Philadelphia. When he's the lead guy, you're not going to be a very good team. I mean, that's just that's the way. Yeah, it's just almost like, yeah, you're miscast sometimes. Terrence, we appreciate it. Hugh, the, the Maxi, Hugh, it feels like we can't find the right lane for Maxi. Like, I think we all like him. Mm-hmm. It's a ma- And we all think he has a bright future. But some people, I just think, go too far where he is today versus where he will be a year or two or three from now. Yeah, and that's what happened last night. Watching that game last night, Joe, the first thing I thought, because he came back from being hurt, well, sick, I should say. He was sick. And I think it was his high was like, he had 15 points or something like that, mm-hmm. ESP. Yep. And I was thinking, well, number one, everybody can't have a Jordan flu game. <laughs> and number two, if you want to be talked about in that stratosphere, this is the perfect time to try to put yourself there. Mm-hmm. And, and the third thing was, when you got that all-star by your name, those those excuses fall by the wayside. When you walk out there on the court, regardless if you're sick or not, 
those excuses fall by the wayside. And if your team needs you, you got to figure out a way to step up. He hasn't done it yet. Not saying that he can't do it, and I'm not in the, in the camp where I want to trade him. But if you want to be mentioned in that rarefied air of one of those guys, then you have to take moments like that and make them your own. I, I, my concern with Maxi long term is I think he can be this player, and this player is a great player. But I wonder if he has physical limitations on how much higher his ceiling can go. Like when you're when you're his size and you're a perimeter player, like he can't just out jump people where his shot release point is so high that like Embiid's mid range jumper. A, he's a great shooter, but also like him and Durant are so much taller than everybody else that their release point on the shot is very hard to block. Maxi doesn't have that, so his point, so his game basically has to be three pointers, which he's very good at, but is streaky, like we just talked about, or getting to the line. And he's not been great this year. He was early on, but he hasn't been as good recently at getting to the line. So, just I wonder with his small frame in the playoffs, is he if he will be somebody that you can consistently give the ball to? Yeah, I mean you go through NBA history. I mean how many six foot guards? Are lead or second players on title teams? It's not that many. I mean Iverson, but yeah, they, they didn't but he win didn't win. It. Yeah, he didn't win. It. And, and he was and he really only had one year. Yep, and and he was he's an outlier, right? Yeah, like he's he's sure. more of an outlier. Look, it's not, I I don't think anyone. In fact, I know everyone in this room likes Tyrese Maxey. I mean, Hugh is is as big of a Maxi fan as I've seen around here. Got my son a uh, Maxi jersey before and, he became All Star. By the way, I didn't just jump on the bandwagon. Yeah, that's smarter. You called yeah, that one. You're ahead of the that. curve. But it's a matter of what he does right now and. Do you think this at any of this will impact the contract, or he's just going to get a max? I think he'll just get a max. I tend to agree yeah. with you. But whatever, yeah, the most they can get. Yeah, because he'll just—it's—that's the way it works. The NBA. Jake is in Delco. What's up, Jake? Hey, what's going on, Delco? Hey, Jake. What are you thinking today? Uh, just listening to Elliot talk. Uh, Elliot, man, I got a lot of respect for you. You'll, you'll forever be the father of the training camp stats. <laughs> Elliot, thank you. <laughs> I knew Kyle was going to play that. Um, but, you know, when people say, does something pass the smell test, um, you there? Oh, we're yeah, here. Yeah, we're listening. We're listening yeah. to you. And I agree. The floor is yours. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah, well, charting the quarterback very... numbers is the, be- is the best well, thing LA does. i edge of my seat here. Well, well go ahead, Jake. <laughs> you guys are great listeners. Considering you have the, half the people that call in talk over everything you say, it's, it's very <laughs> disciplined. Wow. Uh, yeah, and by the way, message to listeners across the Delaware Valley: make your point, and then sit back and listen to a response without talking over it. Is that is that is that so hard? You guys do it to Hugh especially all the time. You got a hearty laugh out of Hugh. No, for it that, does, one. that doesn't bother me because we sit back here and we think it's funny, especially when I'm asked a question and then they proceed to talk over me. So well, it's they funny. want to give you the answer you should get. <laughs> yes. Jake, what, what are you thinking on the Eagles thing? When Hugh does the quiet voice in the background, it's so funny. Um, so uh, there's, there's what's called the smell test or the eye test, you know, mm-hmm. and what Elliot does, I mean, I know he's positive and I appreciate that, but whatever Elliot does with these numbers is the opposite of the smell test. Like we all sat and watched that Tampa Bay game with barf bags next to our couch that were filled up. It was awful. I the agree. vibe was terrible. And when you take these numbers and you say, well, actually, you know, the passing game wasn't that bad. It's because we stopped the run so good and all that. It, it's a little bit too much verbal gymnastics, you know. Well, I um, mean, I, I I don't know. Obviously, I'm going to say I, 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 I like don't agree with that wrestling. completely. I mean, I think there's <laughs> there's different angles and perspectives of everything. Like clearly, the pass defense had to be better last year. I was just saying one of the reasons they were the worst in yards per game was that they also had the most attempts against them because teams couldn't run on the Eagles. Yeah, gotcha. Gotcha. Which is fair. I mean, Jake, that's it's a fair point. Elliot's right about that. Jake, good phone call. 
they also chose to pass because they could. They just couldn't be stopped. Like Mac Jones and, and threw for three seventy because they couldn't run it. Right. But, but you're right. The pass defense was, and that's was not more good important. Enough. You want to be you you want to be better against the pass. That's what mm-hmm. teams do in the league. It's and, a passing league. One thing I will say about next year with uh, you know the six or seven new starters, I don't think you can go into the year with Bradbury as your starter. Cannot. But but I do think a better defensive coordinator that has his defense playing on one page with better safety play will make Bradbury better. Like, Bradbury lost a step. He is slower. He did not play well last year. But, you know, corners really rely a lot on the play of their safety, especially against a deep pass. And I think that is one thing that that really hurt Bradbury specifically last year. It, well, it did. He also lost a step. If he loses, he did, a, if he sure. loses another one, I mean... But, but if you have better safety play and a better coordinator, I think Bradbury is still a serviceable starting corner. He may be. I, I Can I not find out? Can we put him on a different team and I can find out that way? I'm not cu- I would not cut him. Not wait, and lose ten million dollars in who, cap space. See that that's he, he wouldn't I cut understand, Bradbury. I understand the now, monetary. We got to cut him today. Thing. Today you're going to lose ten million dollars just to get him off the roster. Yeah. Well, what are you going to do? Because he can't play. Well, you can bring him into training camp, and if someone beats him out, someone beats him out. But but otherwise, what's the point of taking such a massive cap hit for someone that is a yeah, solid I'm, veteran backup and someone that is not going to be a disruption in the locker room? Like I think sometimes you have to let players go because if they're there, it's going to be awkward hmm. and like. But I don't think that's the case with Bradbury. All right, I, I I just don't think it's worth keeping around, but that's an interesting point. 215-592-949. We'll keep it rolling. Sixers trade deadline. Elliot will update us on the news and rumors on the other side. It's the anniversary of the Eagles Super Bowl parade six years ago. Closer to parade or a rebuild here in Philadelphia. Plus, Howard Eskin on the morning show today said the Phillies are in talks to acquire who? A quick Phillies hot stove discussion. It's a big name out there. We'll discuss it. 215-592-949 for Midday Show. Sports Radio 94 WIP. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them, with more coming in. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future in vehicles, and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified, diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you, a hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends, come on. We talk about basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happens. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.